0: Welcome to The Visionary Rising, the podcast for freedom-seeking, heart-led, creative entrepreneurs, course creators, and online business owners. I'm Jody Brown, marketing-obsessed hairstylist turned content creation agency owner and visibility mentor, and I'm here to help you build your magnetic brand, grow your audience, and become the authority in your space. You'll get the most up-to-date conversations and strategies on visibility, marketing, social media, mindset, and entrepreneurship, so that you can grow your business in a way that feels as good as it looks. Here, we keep it real and go beyond the basics. I'm obsessed with helping creatives get seen and heard and paid well for their work. Beyond a podcast, this is a movement. Welcome to The Visionary Rising. Hello, and welcome back to The Visionary Rising podcast. I am so excited to dig into digital brand storytelling today with my guest, Michelle Knight. I'm super excited to have you here, Michelle. I'm excited to be here,
1: and I'm one of the first guests I hear, which makes me feel just very special.
0: You are, which is kind of fitting because I'm just going to give you a quick backstory on how Michelle and I met. So Michelle and I met in a mastermind in 2021, I want to say. Okay. Well- what I realized after Michelle and I had connected was that, and I think we talked on Instagram a couple of times before then actually, um, but Michelle's class, her one of her webinars was one of the first ever webinars I watched back in 2016 when I was first starting to dive into the world of marketing and entrepreneurship and all of those things when I was still working as a behind the chair stylist. So it was really amazing to to be you know one of your peers in a mastermind five years later and now we've become friends we have you know bounced ideas off each other so it's really really cool you've actually been a guest speaker in our escape to elevate masterminds that we do as part of our european retreats and oh my goodness our attendees got so much out of your class that you taught last time I'm just really excited to share your genius with my listeners. So I can't wait to dive in today. I, I
1: love hearing that. Lord knows which one it actually was because I've done <laughs> quite a few. It the
0: one that supported you, but I, it, it's awesome. I'm so excited. So, so just to give you a little preview of what we're going to talk about today, we're going to flip the script on storytelling. So we're going to go, like as promised in this podcast, Beyond the Basics, in the storytelling conversation. And we're going to get into the nitty gritty of how to actually use these stories that we're told that we need to like create and tell and all of these things. And Michelle is going to give us some really actionable tips on how we can weave storytelling into our digital presence. And as you call it, like master the digital storytelling art to really connect with and convert and grow our businesses. So I can't wait for this conversation. But before we dive into that, can you give us just a little, you founded Brand Mary back in 2016. Um, So tell us a little bit about your background as a visionary entrepreneur. Yeah, I'll give you the condensed brand
1: story, if you will. So my son was born in 2015, and I had all intentions of going back to work. I was working in communications at a nonprofit. I had a background in public relations. So I had been in this kind of communication world for a long time. But my son was born and I realized that I didn't really want that anymore. So anyone who's listening who has also experienced, you know, giving birth or some sort of transformation in that way, you can probably relate to this like deep feeling that you were being called for something more, right? So my whole vision for the future changed and I was introduced to the world of entrepreneurship. Yes, but more so at the time, coaching and course creation was really just kind of starting you know, to rise at that point in time. So I started my, my, with my husband, I started my company brand Mary. I spent months and months and months building the website and doing all the things. And I launched it into the world and nobody gave two shits like (laughs) that. I had this like brand that I had spent all this time on and all these different things. And that's when I kind of realized that I feel like I had missed a lot of the fundamental pieces around branding. Like I thought I had done the work, but I hadn't actually done the work. Mm. What I ended up doing was skipping like two days of my nine to five, went deep into like all the branding work, got my ideal customer. And I just started talking and sharing my experiences and my stories. And almost instantly I signed a client. And this person had always been in my community for almost three months, but hadn't taken action until that moment that I started really showing up authentically, talking about my expertise, and just really focusing on connection. And from that point on, I was hooked with storytelling and branding. And within a year, I scaled my company to six figures cash. And I've continued to do multiple six figures every year since. I'm on and approaching my eighth year in business and my family and I have traveled in an RV for two years. We lived in Greece for three months. I homeschool my son, like the freedom that I've been able to have because I started my business, uh, has really just been, it still blows my mind sometimes, but I really credit everything that I've been able to do to me really prioritizing authentic branding and storytelling, and building an audience that believes in connection and 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 trust, and those fundamental pieces that I think are really being lost today in the
0: digital yes. world. Yes, oh my goodness. I have some questions. One of the things that came up is you came from like communications and PR in the corporate world, right? What would you say when you got into entrepreneurship and, and got into coaching and course creation? All of the things were there. Any things that you ex- like from your corporate career that you expected to work that just did not once you got into the like online space and on into that creative world of entrepreneurship?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think one piece was like the very polished kind of like corporate face. And I tried to do that, right? I tried Mm -hmm. to do that with my first brand. And I look at it now and like, it didn't even look like me. There was no sign of me in the branding. And I was trying to give this like representation that I thought everyone wanted to see. And so that was like a big whoa, Michelle, like this is only really going to work if you're showing up as your most authentic self. And that was before AI. That was before Reels. Like that was before we had loads and loads of information. Live video was just kind of taking off. Like Facebook Live just started. I feel like an old lady when I talk about this stuff. (laughs) But that was a big one for me. Like I realized that people want connection and they want to know who the person is behind the brand. So I really kind of had to strip away all of that preconceived idea of how I had to show up and just dig deep kind of into who I was. And I use the word authenticity all the time because I think it's the best way to describe it. But like my personality and my values and figure out how to weave those into the the brand, because that's not something
0: that I had seen done publicly up until this point. Yeah, no, that's so true. Since you hit on that AI, I think that was my biggest prediction, honestly, when there was this moving into 2024, is I think that like all of this has been so important the whole time. Yes, absolutely. But I think that because there is so much more volume now because of uh-huh. the ease of you know creating content there is this flood of like low quality or no connection content. And I Mm -hmm. think that it has created a really big demand for more authentic conversations and things that can just be created by feeding some prompts into ChatGPT. Like not that there isn't a place for that as well, but I do think that the storytelling is going to be It's not just going to be a nice-to-have moving into 2024. I think it's going to be vital. Absolutely.
1: Like, again, I think, you know, we've talked about this behind the scenes. A lot of the emphasis has been on brand storytelling. And when we think about brand storytelling, it's like, who am I? Mm -hmm. Why did I create my company? What's the mission? You know, or the founder story of, like, this is my journey that I took to actually launching my product in the world or building this business. And that's where so many people have stopped for years and years and years. And it only has been until, I guess, the past couple of years that people have been using this term digital storytelling. And that's really the art of integrating storytelling into every piece of content that you have, whether it's a short form video, a carousel post, a a caption, a blog, an email, because the demand, like you're saying, for authenticity is rising. It stood at 86% of of people, of consumers were craving authenticity and saying that they would buy from a brand that they felt was transparent, matched their values, and that authenticity was important. We're seeing that number go up, even though it's just 1%. Like It's going to continue to rise because there's so much regurgitated information online that how do we differentiate? It always comes down to our story.
0: Yes. Oh my goodness. I love that. Let me ask you for a hot take real quick. Okay. The faceless marketing trend. Do you think flash in the pen, sustainable strategy? What do you think? Because it's almost the antithesis of storytelling and, you know, personal branding. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I don't think it's going to last very long. I think it is definitely a trend that's working now. I think it's allowing people to get started. And I think that's the right. element here. I don't think it's a sustainable practice in terms of building a, a brand and <laughs> I tell my clients all the time, like, if you're not in this for sustainability and like watching the trends and like adapting, then we're going to have problems, you know? And we've seen that over the last few years where people will explode or go viral on social media and do really well. And then it just fizzes out and their business closes or (laughs) they don't make any money and they have all these followers, you know? So I love it if it gets you started. And I think it's a great way to get started. But I think you have to pair it with very thoughtful, high value captions and have another element to it as well, where you really are showcasing the person behind the brand. Because we know whether you're corporate, whether you sell a product, whether you sell a service, people want to know the the people behind the brand. I remember being at a workshop four years ago and they were talking about like soaps and like the industry and the, you know, they, people want to know like, who's the CEO? Who's the founder? What are their mission? What do the employees look like? And we're seeing more employees do takeovers and things like that via, you know, social media. So I just think it's like proving to people that like, you cannot hide. We have to be, we
0: have to be visible. We have to be talking to our audience. Absolutely. And I know for my own conception habits, like when I am looking through social media or when I am going through, like I'm, I really am tuning out of anything basic nowadays. Like Mm -hmm. it's not, it's just not enough to just be posting something. It's gotta have some value. And I think the easiest way to do that and and truly the easiest way to do that is by adding a storytelling element to it. So let's talk about what are some of the ways that you can start to incorporate. I love an example um, of how you can take your content that you're creating now, whatever your content strategy is, and weave more storytelling into mm-hmm. that. Because, like you said before, I just want to give this a little additional context. When we think about storytelling, often, we have stopped at creating the brand story. And so Mm -hmm. often there will be times where you're like, okay, how do I just keep telling the same story over and over and over and over again? So I'd love to hear your take on that.
1: Yeah. So I think the easiest thing to really start thinking about is digital storytelling in the form of micro stories. So again, brand story, it feels like a lengthy, it's over the course of Multiple years, maybe months, it's like chapters, you know? But when we're talking about digital storytelling, it's micro, it's a moment in time. And that's what you're really painting the picture about. So there's a lot of different ways that we could go about this. But I think the first way is to definitely just share, you know, the types of stories that I recommend everybody has in their story bank, as I call it, where it's like you can always just default and include these into pretty much anything that you're talking about. You can either integrate them into an educational or a teaching post where you're sharing like four tips on this or like, you know, uh, this one thing I want you to know, but you can also just craft a whole piece of content around them. So the first one is definitely your personal stories. And these are the things that really showcase your values, your mission, why you do what you do, why you created your product or your service, uh, your own transformation story and all the little pieces there. You know, one of the stories that I share a lot is the moment that I realized I wanted to start a business because so many of my audience members in my community, they're at that pivotal point where they're like, is it worth it? You know, I have all these conflicting emotions. And the micro story that I always share literally like two sentences is just saying, you know, I remember the moment sitting on the couch, holding my newborn son, taking a deep breath, looking at my husband and going. I don't think I want to go back to work, you know, and explaining to him, I want to start a business and like what I did after that. Right. So it's like, there's that element of like two sentences of story where you're really visualizing me on the couch, holding my newborn, you know, looking at my husband, you can see it vividly. And then I'm just going, and then, you know, these are the steps that I took. And then it becomes like an educational piece of content. So there's lots of different ways to do that. But I think the mindset really is on, it's got to be micro. It's got to be a moment in time. It's not this long stretched out chapter kind of you know story that we're used to
0: yeah and it's interesting that you say that i think that's actually a conversation i've had a few times recently where what i've noticed now you know when you're in the in the marketing world right i feel like we just look at the entire world through different eyes and so mm-hmm. even when i'm picking up a novel i recently was reading um like the witcher series and so i open it and the first page it's never a lead in. It's always, you're starting in the middle of the scene and then they're filling in the details afterwards. And I think that's something that we can really pull from, like how you said that moment in time, you're not starting with, I used to work in corporate and then I had a baby and then I didn't want to go back. When you're in that digital storytelling, that is where you're starting with that moment that you're sitting on the couch holding your son and looking at your husband saying, I don't want to go back to work. So I think that's a really important distinction that I, it will make a big difference. I just actually, um, in the last episode talked about hooks and how it's so important now to really hone in on valuable, really interesting and beyond the basic hooks. And I think that that is a really great thing to start with as well. If you're you're listening to that last episode and you're thinking, okay, but how do I use a hook? How do I combine all of these things to create content if it feels like a lot of these are new concepts? And I think the key is truly starting in the moment and sharing from Mm -hmm. there and building it out afterwards. 100%.
1: And I think, you know, storytelling is a fantastic hook. You know, I think yes. one of the things I'm seeing, and I'm, I'm seeing this a lot because, again, we have the marketing lens. So I look at everything with that freaking marketing <laughs> filter. You know, I'm going through TikTok. I love looking at TikTok. I'm, I don't really post videos on there, but I love getting information on there. And everyone's talking about how like the old hooks are dead. The old hooks are dead. You can't say like, I've got four tips stick around or like, you want to learn this stick around. People are really noticing that they have to tell the story. Like I remember the time that I did this, or I have a client who recently experienced this. It has to have that connection piece. So it's, I think hooks have in and of themselves transformed from like a hook, let me capture your attention to like let me pull you in. I need to pull you in and like get you to stick around. So that's why storytelling (laughs) can be so powerful. And, you know, when going back to kind of those different types of stories, that's why really changing the dialogue, the internal dialogue to being micro will help you build out a really solid story bank where you are highlighting those stories about yourself. But again, they're very small moments in time. You also want to have ideal customer stories, right? And these are specifically stories that once you've done the ideal customer work, which is the foundation of all marketing, but definitely when it comes to storytelling, understanding like what is my ideal customer really going through? What are those pain points? What do they want? What are some obstacles standing in their way? What's their transformation? And pulling stories that you personally have gone through or you've encountered in your life that you can very easily share uh, with them and having a log of those types of stories. And then the other one is a product story. So I think a lot of people forget this really valuable um, piece, which is so essential Mm -hmm. when you're selling and you have a business. And people always come to me. They're like, well, how do I tell stories and sell? You want to have very specific stories that highlight your product or the problem that your product solves. And by product, I mean, you know, it could be a physical product, but it also Mm -hmm. is your course, your digital product, your service, your coaching, whatever it is. Having those makes it really easy when you're doing a promo piece that says, you know, at the end, oh, I have, this is my course and, you know, DM the word whatever for uh-huh. information, create a story leading up to that, that really pulls them in and highlights what you're about to sell them because you're going to build that trust. You're going to build that connection and it just makes the sale so much easier. So those are the three categories that I recommend someone always have micro stories, just
0: like filling in a that. Google doc or whatever works for you that you can always pull from. What I'm thinking back now, actually, as we were talking, I was thinking Mm -hmm. about, uh, you know how we have these like emails that will stick out. Maybe this is just me, but if you're listening and you can resonate, send me a DM on Instagram because I would love to know I'm not alone. Um, But you know, when you have like a promotion or a launch or something like that, and if you have an email that just like really sticks to you, either one you're like really proud of or one that got a lot of responses or whatever that is. I remember this one specific email when I was launching um, a course that was like geared towards helping beauty pros create art- their brand and learn how to market themselves and all these things. And this email was talking; it was telling the story of how when I first got into the hair industry, I used to feel like I had no control over my career, like I was beholden. Mm. It's no joke for a lot of th- a lot of creative industries. I feel like sometimes, like the work environments in salons can get really not ideal. I'm sure it's the same in corporate. I'm sure it's the same in all industries. right? And so I was talking about how I used to feel beholden to staying in situations that I didn't love or places that didn't make me feel good or whatever that was. And it was because I was terrified to lose all my clients. I was Mm -hmm. so scared that I would not be able to keep my clients and that I would have to start all over again, which Hairstylist are made on commission. So obviously that would be me like restarting all over financially. And so the thing that changed for me was truly learning how to market myself. And so that was kind of the story that I told. And the amount of like responses that I got being like, oh my God, yes, this is exactly where I've been. Like I am stuck right now. Like my slot owner treats are like crap. Like, and I just don't know what else to do. So we can really think outside the box when it comes to stories and think about overall experiences. And looking back, I think that email would have been even more effective if I could have gone in and thought of a specific instance. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when I went out for lunch and almost didn't go back into the salon because it was so miserable. And I literally sat in my car and was like, can I afford to just not go to work? (laughs) Yeah. So you bring up such a really
1: valuable uh, piece of information here, which I call painting the picture, right? You need to be very vivid with the details. And that's why it helps to focus on a micro incident because the more that you paint the picture, the more vivid it's going to be in your audience's mind, the more they're going to be able to like see it and feel it. And just like you were saying, like reading these books, when I can like, imagine what it looks like and how they're feeling and what their face is like and their hair. And I don't see it. Like that is exactly what we're trying to do with X amount of characters, you know? So (laughs) the more micro that you can get with the the moment in time, as I call it, you know, the better you'll be at painting the picture. So you're right. I think it would have, you know, definitely benefited to focus more on the micro, but also Think about the engagement that you got, you know, and that has stood out in your mind. People ask me all the time, like, how do I stand out online? How do I increase engagement? And every time I say, tell more stories, tell more stories. It will not fail you. uh, But it seems like it should be something more abstract. (laughs) And it doesn't have to be. It can be that simple. I know you're talking about very tangible things. I have this 4C framework that I say like every piece of of content story, it really has to cover these four C's. Let's get into it. I love Okay, Let's (laughs) do it. So number one is that it has to be focused on a character. Okay. So there has to be just like any great story. There has to be some sort of central focus. Now that could be you. If you're telling the story, it could be your ideal customer. The product in and of itself can be a character, right? But it has to be focusing in on something so that we can kind of follow that journey. The second thing is that we love conflict. We love tension. You know, this is, this is a reason why a storytelling practice called open looping works really well. So if you think about like the end of a soap opera and how they like put you on the edge of your seat, but don't resolve it, they're just creating that tension and you got to come back the next day to finish it or the next week for the show. That's why that kind of storytelling practice is so powerful because we as human beings need like a resolve,
0: we absolutely need a resolve. I'm thinking of my son right now as you're saying this because he cliffhangers are like his least favorite thing. And he learned this word cliffhanger, and now every time we watch an episode of a show, he's like, oh this cliffhanger!" Like I can't. It's kind of funny. Right. You're so right. But. It- it keeps you coming back for more, right?
1: So we're not going to leave your audience hanging. We are going to resolve it or form some sort of conclusion as our third C Mm -hmm. within the post itself. But we talk about, you know, hooking someone in the beginning, like starting to paint that picture, keeping them engaged is where you kind of create that tension a little bit. And then you you offer that conclusion or that resolve. You know, and again, when I tell people these three things, they're like, how am I going to fit that in a post? But if we circle back to the example I gave around, you know, sitting on the couch, holding my newborn baby, feeling completely just like in postpartum, taking a deep breath, turning to my husband and saying, I don't want to go back to work. People are like, oh my gosh, what did he say? Like what happened? And then me offering the resolve that he said, all right, like let's figure it out. And then that ultimately led to me starting my business. So you can do it in a sentence or two. And I just like really want to like drive that home. Like, the more that you can practice hitting these elements in a condensed, you know, number of characters or in a space or whatever, it's a really great skill set to have. And then the fourth C, because we're all business owners here, is a CTA. You know, we have Mm -hmm. to give them a next step. What is the point? Whether it's just share this, save this, comment below for talking social media. DM me, you know, if it's an email, hit reply, click a link, whatever it is. If someone has engaged with your story and made it to this point, they're there, you know, that you've got them, you're holding on to them, give them the next step. So those are kind of like the four basic C's that I always tell people to make sure
0: their story. Ooh, this is so good. I love this. I asked you for tangible and you are delivering my friend. I'm very- excited. You know me. <laughs> so can we dive in a little bit more to that and just give, I just would love a couple more maybe examples or maybe we can just flesh out a little bit that conflict piece. Where can we find that conflict? For example, with a product story, would that be like, where you would talk about the pain point or even an Mm -hmm. ideal client story. Like, let's tie those two things together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if we're talking about a product specifically, a really great way to kind of create that tension is to highlight the problem that your product solves. Like, And again, just to kind of go back to the basics of branding, if you don't solve a problem, you have a problem, right? Like, in order to make money online, you need to solve a specific problem. And so just (laughs) presenting that problem, whether it's like, you know, we use a a personal story, like I mentioned before, you know, you're saying I was online and I couldn't, I had a brand, I had the pieces and I couldn't make any money, you know, like I couldn't make any money. I was putting the time, I was putting the energy and nothing was happening. And I took a step back and I started diving into my story, you know, and I put it online. So it's like, just kind of like, and again, conflict is kind of the word that I use in terms of the C, but it's really tension. right? Right. It's really like there's a problem, there's tension, there's a pain point, there's something that just doesn't feel resolved. So like in my personal story, it's that like I was doing the freaking work, but like I'm not, I wasn't receiving money. Nothing was happening. Something was missing. What was missing? It was really this connection piece to my story and the brand foundations. Uh, So that's one way that you could definitely do it with your highlighting a product. Um, I could go into selling like, a digital storytelling course, you know, right on the back end right. of that of that story. It'd be super yeah. easy. You can also share ideal customer stories or client stories. You know, I know obviously this is beyond the basics. So a lot of the people that are listening right now, they have clients. They have yeah. stories sitting right in front of them on a regular basis yeah. that they could be sharing. And it could be as simple as saying, you know, my client came to me today and she was really having a hard time coming up with content to share. She was feeling blocked. She was feeling uninspired. She was feeling like she had run out of ideas and almost considered throwing in the towel. And you're like, well, crap, what happened? You know, it's kind of the feeling that you're wanting to, to really like put into your content. And then again, I could simply say, you know, we went through her ideal customer profile. We pulled out her her customers' main desires. We came up with 30 content posts. She made a YouTube video and a blog in the day she signed a client yesterday. And this is actually yeah. a true story from like two weeks I ago. I love that.
0: <laughs> I with love one of my that.
1: clients. So, it, what storytelling does that is so powerful is that it provides empathy and authority, you know? Right. And so, when you're thinking about ideal customer stories or customer stories or product stories, you're, re- you're creating that relatability. You're letting your audience know you, you understand. You understand what they're going through. You understand their pain points, what they want, all of those things, but you're also showcasing your authority. I also know how to solve your problem. I also know what you need. And that's really powerful and something you can very easily do, you know, with story.
0: Yeah. Well, and this is a good point. When people are having an issue with like creating content and it's not selling, they're getting engagement maybe, or people are like, oh, I love this. They're inspiring people, but they're not really making sales. But uh-huh. often it can be that authority piece that's missing. So can you elaborate a little bit on how you can use storytelling to really build authority and to get, you know, let's add a, a fifth C, like get conversions from storytelling. Yeah.
1: I like it. And that's the goal, <laughs> right? Conversions. Mm-hmm. So you cannot be afraid to toot your own horn. Mm-hmm. You cannot be afraid because someone else is doing it. And if they're doing it better than you're doing it, your audience is going to like or love and they're going to move on. So I think one of the main elements of conversion is definitely trust. You know, trust plays a big role in authority. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, like, yes, you can toot your own horn and you can say, like, I can help you solve this problem. But you also need to, like, kind of prove it, back it up a bit, have a little trust with your audience. um, And, the, the trust aspect, in my opinion, really comes from the specific language that you're using, right? So within the storytelling itself. So trust, there's there's this quote from Zig Ziglar that I al- it was the first one I ever saw. And it says, like, if someone likes you, they'll listen. If they trust you, they'll do business with you. They'll mm-hmm. buy from you. And so I think there's a piece of the converting the authority that also a lot of people are missing, which is the like, who are you? Like, what? It's not just enough for me to tell you, I can help you solve this problem. I have this course and it will deliver X, Y, and Z. Who are you? Do our values aligned? Do we mesh well? What does your life look like? How well do you know me? You know, those are all things that we have to really highlight. So it's not, when I say authority, again, it's not enough to just be like, I'm an expert. I have eight years of experience. Like you'll never even hear me talk about how I've been in business really for eight years or how much money I've made. You know, there are definitely moments for that. But what I'm focusing on more and more is really saying, I know you, I know what you're going through. And because I know you, I have created things that are ultimately going to help you, you know? And- to me, that's where the authority piece comes in. It's not a, let me read you my bio. It's a, let me show you, let me show you this work in action. And another just like little piece that's coming up is like showcase what's happening with your clients. If you are sharing stories, my question would be, are you only talking about yourself? This is the biggest downfall that I see with a lot of content creators where they're just talking about themselves Mm -hmm. and they're not tying it back to their ideal customer. At the end of the day, you always have to tie it back to your ideal customer, whether it's... Yeah. They literally experience what you are experiencing now, which could happen to a lot of listeners. Like I know, like for you, you worked behind the chair for a really long time. And when you started your business, you were specifically talking to hairstylists. So the crossover in content in stories was like right there. Absolutely, But if you don't have that, it's really important to, if you are going to share a personal story, to tie it back to your ideal customer and say, you know, have you ever experienced something like this? Have you ever gone through the grieving process? You know, I talk a lot about that in my content. Not everyone has experienced that. Or like I mentioned in the beginning about giving birth, you might've caught on that I said, if you've ever given birth or gone through a transformation like this, yes. right? I'm pulling in people who might not share the exact same story that I've gone through, but could they can tap into what that feeling was ultimately like. Um and then the the other piece of like if you have the client stories to share, you have the client experiences, you have the testimonials and the case studies, present them as stories. That is the One of the easiest ways to
0: build authority without, again, saying like, I've done this. I think that is something we're going to see so much more of in 2024 as well. And something that, you know, I've even been talking to some of my clients about um, in terms of like their content creation is I feel like we're shifting away from just being able to share like a screenshot of like a testimonial yep. on a graphic and like leaving it at that. I think yep. as, you know, we're talking beyond the basics now, and I do think we can do a lot better in terms of, like you said, sharing it as a story. So how would you take, say, a testimonial and turn that into a story instead of just, you know, posting the the screenshot on a pretty graphic, Do you know? Yep.
1: Yes, absolutely. So the first thing that I'm going to encourage your audience to do, and then we're going to circle back to this, is like please gather testimonials in the form of stories. Set yourself up for success. When you ask for a testimonial, ask what was life like or what were you experiencing before X product? How did next product or service change your results in this way and what is life like now you know what i mean like just asking those three questions gives you so much to work with in terms of creating a case study creating a video of you talking and just sharing that piecing those together pulling from them and doing like a quote we've really focused on this for the last few years and it just it allows us to use it in so many different ways than just being like my client said that my there's the arms again. My client said my work. My client said my work was great. You know what I mean? Like that's just, people yeah. want to know again that before, middle and after is your client like me, is your client experiencing what I'm experiencing? Can you really help them solve the problem? So, go a step further than the screenshots when you ask for testimonials. Definitely it gives you more to work with. But if we just have a screenshot to, you know, use. The few things that I would highlight is let's say we're using them in Instagram stories, right? Because I know social media, you know, Instagram stories are those people who are like, they trust you. They want to see behind the scenes. They want to see what you're up to. Share that and then go on camera and talk about your experience working with them or just talk about, you know, the things, the transformations you saw or the things that you loved, the things that worked for them, you know, 60
0: seconds, just elaborate a little bit more on that. I just want to add, I love seeing that for reels too. Mm-hmm. It's super easy to stick a screenshot on a reel and then do that face to camera. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Obviously, TikTok is usually a good indicator of what is coming to Instagram. Yep. And so I think those longer storytelling, even face to camera videos are going to be very important. So I love that.
1: Yeah, and think about I love that you mentioned the reels. Like, think about also where this is in your content stack, which is something I talk about. You know, Instagram stories, these people probably already know about you. They probably know about your offers. They're just looking for like that touch base, you know, or something Mm -hmm. deeper. So you might not need to set up like, this is what I do and this is where my client was before. Get nitty-gritty with it. You know, say like, ooh, my client let's say your client experienced their first sale and you say listen i want to tell you that what i saw happen behind the scenes is that they showed up they prioritized yes. consistency they showed up someone was waiting they signed a client you know so you're going a little bit deeper if if you're doing it on reels it really goes back to that kind of before during and after setup mm-hmm. of saying before my client came to me they were doing this we worked on this and now look screenshot this is what they're experiencing so always remember who you're talking to in your audience when you're doing that. And then I, I kind of think that like just posting a testimonial in the feed is dying, but I think you could use it um, in kind of like more of a carousel situation, you know, as a social yes. proof to yeah. back up your claim. So let's say you're saying consistency is required, right? If you're yeah. in marketing, if you want to show up, you can avoid consistency. Don't yeah. believe me, look at this testimonial for my client, you know, and then give them a takeaway. Again, a really great way to integrate that authority piece. You're
0: backing it up. You're also teaching and there's a storytelling component. It's yeah. just like, it's so yes, fun. I, I would agree with you there. And I think like the other things that are, you know, dying and, and just will not be seen anymore are things like just posting like a, a screenshot of like a mock-up of a webinar you're hosting or whatever, right? So Mm -hmm. those kinds of things, I feel like you're right, need to be woven in. And I love carousel posts. I read them all the time. I think where we used to think, okay, we need to post a testimonial, like, or do a hook. Like, unless the testimonial is short, punchy, and is the hook, don't forget about all these fundamental storytelling elements and these ways to actually get your content consumed as well, because I think sometimes we're guilty of like tunnel visually. Like, okay, check, this is a testimonial or like check, this is talking about my webinar. And I think it definitely is, again, we're going beyond the basics. It's definitely important to weave all of this in. And almost like, I always think it's like, you know how we used to talk a lot about content pillars. I think it's important to have, I call them like areas of impact now. And then just like different Mm -hmm. things you want to hit. But I think things like storytelling and brand voice, they're not just an element. They're not just a content pillar. They're like the lens you view everything through, you know? Yes.
1: Yeah. And let's say you are a checklist type of person, because I very much am. Before I post any piece of content, because I'm a huge teacher, as you can tell, like I love to be like, here are the four C's of this, and here are three ways to do this, and here's this framework. Me too. I always ask myself, is there a storytelling element in here? And if there isn't, I will plug it in. I'm talking mm-hmm. blog posts. I plug it into the intro. Podcast, I Bring it on back at the end. You know what I mean? Right. Or I introduce it in the beginning. Uh, social media content. It, every single thing. I challenge myself to have some form of storytelling in it. And here is a really easy way to do it that I think a lot of people are not talking about. Non-verbal communication. <laughs> do not forget that that b-roll that is taking off and working so well and honestly the easiest thing to use right. to create yeah. content that is a form of storytelling because you are showing people you behind the brand so i you i make bread I have a, I'm have. a gardener. You know this about me, right? I wish like, I lived like next door.
0: Yeah,
1: you? <laughs> you would have all the fresh things. I do not sell sourdough. I do not teach right. people how to bake, but it is something that I do. And I will record myself baking biscuits on Saturday and overlay it with a fun fact about brand storytelling. It's like right. inception, right? It's like the layers to the content. So don't yeah. forget that like, having a B-roll video or a photo of you that mirrors what you're saying in the caption, like those are all forms of storytelling that can sometimes speak louder than, than the words that you're going to say. And that's part of my favorite part about digital storytelling today, digital storytelling, is that we have that option and it's just like amplified. Like the way that we can use video content, B-roll, anything like that to oh. build trust it's so fun.
0: It's so fun. I'm like so lit up now. I can't wait to go create some content. And you know, it's so funny because like, I, I feel like one of the things that I love the most about you, Michelle. And one of the things that I find so inspiring is when we connected, like when we did like start to become like friends and talk more and all of the things I already felt like, When Once I connect with you, I felt like you were exactly who I thought you were. Like you were, you know what I mean? Like I felt very much like we connected on a lot of things that we had in common. And now it's funny because I'm learning even more things that we have in common that I didn't even know. Like I also love to bake bread. I also love to grow things and cook and do all of that. And you're inspiring me to bring more of that into my own content. Oh, you're so sweet.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. And I think the last thing I leave, like, Carrie, piggybacking off what you said, is like, brand affinity matters. Like, that yeah. connection that you have with someone that is deeper than the product or the service they sell, that is what keeps people coming back. That is what yeah. gets people talking about your brand to their friends. That trust aspect, like, to me, that's the reason storytelling is so powerful and, not something that we talk about enough online. It's all, yeah. did I go viral? How did this do? Think about the long game, and yeah. like you said, you know, it, it's letting people view you for who you truly are, and not exposing everything online. Like, I, there's a lot y'all don't know, and you're never going to know of about course. me, right? Yeah, like, I, yeah. I am a very protected, sacred person, but I know how to show up and share these pieces of myself, you know, with my audience to build trust, figure out what that is for you. And I promise you, it, it pays off more than the next marketing tip is going to pay off in the long run.
0: Yes. A hundred percent. I feel like I always say that like the hacks and visibility boosters and the tips and all that kind of stuff, that is just icing and mm-hmm. nobody gives a shit about icing if there's no cake, you know, like, oh my I, gosh, <laughs> I'm freaking out right now because- the way how similar we are is absolutely insane. But I made a post today. This
1: is a concept I've been talking about for eight years, and it's an yeah. ice cream Sunday analogy. And it says that branding and storytelling is the ice cream, and it can stand alone on its own, and it's delicious. Right. And your marketing are like the nuts and the sauce. Like your marketing yeah. on its own is like granola and like mushy. Yeah. <laughs> you put them together, and it's a masterpiece. Yeah, but like you can't forget the foundation. Oh,
0: I'm. I love that. That's hilarious. I'm just so excited to bring more of these conversations to this podcast. I'm super attracted to people who are there for the foundations, and I think it's so important to find people who you can trust, and that's going to happen through, like you said, that brand affinity. Um, There's a book called "The Brand Gap" by Marty Neumar, Mm -hmm. and. One of the things that I love the most is when he talks about like commodities versus captivating brands. And this is something that very much applies for, you know, my, when I'm working with people with, with local and physical businesses, but it applies online as well. And I think that, you know, when people talk about, oh, my space is oversaturated, right? Or like, oh, is there too much competition or whatever? The way that I see it is like, that's proof that that is like something that people want. And at the end of the day, if you're a commodity, there will always be someone with sexier branding. There will always be someone who is either cheaper or more expensive, depending on what people are looking for, who it's more convenient, who they're in front of right that second. And at the end of the day, if you're a captivating brand, there is no substitute for you. So you're eliminating any competition by having that brand because nobody can be you. Yep. Nobody can be yeah. exactly who you are and teach exactly what you teach the way that you teach it. So, I think that, you know, the importance of this cannot be overstated. Yeah.
1: And the way that you differentiate yourself is through storytelling because no two people share the same story or the same
0: experience. Oof, I love that. All right. So, before we before we sign off for today, this episode's been so great. I feel like that we could keep talking for, you know, another hour, but we'll have mercy and leave it here. So, I've got two questions for you. Number one, where can my listeners connect with you? And also, what is the biggest piece of advice you would give to a visionary entrepreneur who is on the path to growing their empire? So give me both of those.
1: Okay. Got it. Um, The biggest piece of advice that I would give is to always act out of alignment and to build a business out of alignment because there's a lot of information online Every marketing strategy works. I don't know if anyone's told you lately, but every marketing (laughs) strategy works. There are people who do this and are successful, who do this, that are successful, who sell $10,000 products and do it, $7 products and do it. It all works. You have to figure out what works for you in that season of your life. Because if you don't, you will burn out and you will always feel like you're chasing something. And for me... The sustainability of a business means that I can adapt to the marketing trends. I can adapt to this, but I'm always making decisions that are aligned with myself, with my values. I do not compromise those things because to me, your business should contribute to your life of freedom. It shouldn't take away from it. So always act out of alignment. And it's a lot easier to do that when you know who you are. And you know what type of brand you want to create. You can run it through your brand filter. Is this a good idea? Nope. Don't love that. Not going to do that. That doesn't feel good. So that's my biggest piece of advice. Where can people find me? So I am on Instagram. It's at Michelle Knight Co. If you want to check me out there. And then the best place to get just everything Brand Mary related is my website, brandmary.com. So it's B-R-A-N-D-M-E-R-R-Y. And I have a blog. I have my YouTube channel linked. I've got a podcast.
0: I've got all the things. I've got a brand storytelling quiz. So whatever you need, it's probably there. I love it. Well, thank you again for coming and sharing your genius. I love how many actual tips. Like if you're still listening, go back, take notes, take action. And I feel like all of the advice and the tips that you've given today can absolutely be implemented to basically improve your content overnight. So thank you so much, Michelle. This has been incredible.